I salute you this morning in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the risen, reigning, and returning King of heaven. I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord, that we have been saved from all the tomfoolery and pagan shenanigans that are going on this day in the name of Jesus Christ. What a joke. But it's not a joke. It's very serious. If the God of heaven would judge a man like David and a priest like Uzzah for reaching back to touch the Ark of the Covenant in a most solemn and joyful parade of the Ark of the Covenant, what will he do to those who try to combine the worship of Jesus with the worship of Astarte and all the foolish inventions of men and symbols of fertility like rabbit eggs and so forth? Thank you, Lord. And we're thankful that we know that you were in the ground three days and three nights and not one day and two nights, 72 hours, not 36. And you kept your word. We believe it according to the testimony of the gospel. The sunrise services they're having are called an extreme abomination in Ezekiel chapter 8 as they put their backs to the house of God and face the east. And the rising sun, we are blessed to know the truth. And I hope that we want to earnestly contend for it and that we hate the errors that men have brought in to the worship of Jesus Christ. It's quite incredible what they've done in the name of Christianity, adopting such pagan, dark, idolatrous, foolish, sexual, worldly, carnal symbols and practices in religion. And so we stand here today, a small assembly depending on our King James Bibles and the truth that's contained in them to worship Him. Please turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We do thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, for having opened our eyes to see the truth, for having shined in our hearts the knowledge of the true Lord Jesus Christ, for having saved us from another Jesus, another gospel, and another spirit. Without your enabling and enlightening power by the Holy Spirit, we would be as blind as any. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I'll read the first seven verses that tell us the difference between those that believe the gospel and those that reject it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost." in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light 
of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen and amen. The apostle in the first chapter said that God had ordained the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe, and only those that are called would see in the preaching of the gospel the power and wisdom of God. In the second chapter of of 2 Corinthians, that was 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, he describes the gospel as being a savour either of death unto death or life unto life in the last three verses of that chapter. Then in chapter 3, he describes his ministry as being very different from Moses in that it is the ministry of the New Testament, which is so much greater and glorious and lasting and permanent and powerful than the ministry of Moses. And concluding that chapter, he comes into chapter 4, and we have that therefore, in order to understand that he's drawing a conclusion from his New Testament ministry and how he preaches. He simply presents the truth and makes it manifestly clear and commends himself to every man's conscience. And what your conscience does with the truth is up to you because you're going to bear your own burden with what you do with it. And you will stand before God and His Son Jesus Christ in the great day of judgment and give an account for what the preaching of His Son meant to you and how it changed your life. That that long second verse describes practices of false ministers, the thieves and robbers that came before the Lord Jesus Christ that John 10 describes, and then it compares those with him. Notice, Paul said, we have renounced. We don't do this. The hidden things of dishonesty. We don't walk in craftiness nor handle the word of God deceitfully. We don't play games with the Bible. But by manifestation of the truth, that means to make it manifest or to make it plain and clear and obvious to everyone's view, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. We do it before God with loyalty to Him only. And we ask you to remember that you're standing before God and we present the truth. We lay it out on the table and see what you're going to do with it. And what you do with it shows whether you have life in you or not or whether you are still in the death and bondage of sin and on your way to an eternal hell. It's the truth of God's word. And then he says in the third verse, but if our gospel be hid, though we make it so obvious and we make it manifest, if it's hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Exactly with what I've been saying. And he tells us why they can't see it. Because the God of this world hath blinded their minds. That the light of the glorious gospel of Christ cannot shine into them. They oppose themselves. They contradict the truth, as Second Timothy chapter 2 and the last three verses would tell us. And the apostle said, but we don't preach ourselves. We just preach Christ Jesus the Lord in that fifth verse because he knew that the God who had the power to command light to come out of darkness in the first chapter of Genesis also has the same power and it requires the same power to command light to shine into our hearts. Ephesians chapter 1 would tell us that the power of God necessary for a man to believe the gospel is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead three days and three nights dead. But God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light 
of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When we hear about Jesus Christ, when we see Him with the eye of faith, we see the glory of God and the knowledge of God revealed in Him, through Him, and by Him to us. And this treasure we have in earthen vessels. Every preacher of the gospel is just like you. He's got a body of clay. He is in an earthen vessel. He is going to die and be laid to rest with his fathers like every other man. And so the power that is able to overcome the blinding power of the devil is of God and not of men. Men just get up and preach God's word and try to make it plain as they can. And God makes the difference in lives. After the apostle told Paul on how to, after the apostle told Timothy on how to be a perfect minister in 2 Timothy, the last number of verses, he said, If God, peradventure, will grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. The devil's will controls their lives under God's will. And unless and until God grants them repentance, they cannot see, they cannot hear, they are lost and blinded by the God of this world. This is a a warning to us about how we receive the gospel. This is an explanation to us about what's taking place in Romans 10 and 11. This is an explanation to us of why so few believe the gospel and so many believe the lies of men and devils. Right here is the explanation. But thanks be to God. If you love the Lord Jesus Christ this morning and you see in Him the power and wisdom of God, if you see in Him the glory of God, if you see in Him the knowledge of the Most High, the Lord Jehovah Himself, it's because God has shined in your heart. Don't do anything to dull that those rays of light from heaven. And may the Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, stir us up this day to see things even more clearly and be convicted more deeply that we will obey Him. This is the preaching of the gospel and the results depend upon the God of heaven. Let us pray. O Lord God, our Father in heaven, we thank Thee and we bless Thee. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee and we bless Thee that Thou hast shined in our hearts, that the knowledge and the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ is evident to us. Heavenly Father, we pray for Your elect scattered abroad, that You would shine in their hearts, Heavenly Father, and that You would bless the ministers that they have and the means that they have to make the gospel manifestly plain to them and to commend it to their conscience in the sight of God. And, O Lord, let them be saved. Let them be saved from ignorance to the knowledge of the truth. Let them be saved from seeking to establish their own righteousness, whether it be Jewish legalism or the seven sacraments of Rome, and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the end of the law and the end of sacraments for righteousness. We thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that You have shined in our hearts. And we pray that the glorious gospel of the grace of the living and true God that we believe and understand this day will change our lives. Heavenly Father, let us bring forth 
fruits of repentance and works of righteousness, a labor of love, a work of faith and patience of hope, proving our election before thee. We thank thee for the glorious truth of the gospel. Heavenly Father, bless this day that it will go forth and have free course, not only in this place, but in every place where your God-called ministers stand and in sincerity and honesty preach the word of God. Heavenly Father, let your people be fed with knowledge and understanding and let them rise this day to rejoice in the truth that they have heard and to go forth and to be the children of God, blameless and harmless, in the midst of crooked and perverse nations among whom we shine as lights in the world. Oh, Lord, we thank Thee for saving us before the world began, and we thank Thee for saving us when the world shall end. We thank Thee for every operation of grace in between the two, and we praise Your holy name. We are nothing and less than nothing. We are not worthy of the least of all Your mercies and all the truth that You have shown us. And we bless Thee this day. Oh, Lord, do stir us up. Do forgive us our sins. Do forgive us our carnality. Do forgive us the flesh that is still attached to us. Do forgive us for ever being enticed by the world. Do forgive us, O Lord, the lust of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, and the pride of life. O Heavenly Father, forgive us for our slothfulness in spiritual things. Forgive us for allowing our affection to be on earthly things. And Heavenly Father, lift us heavenward. Stir us up by the power of the Holy Ghost that moved upon the face of the waters and brought forth dry land in the beginning. Let the power of the Holy Spirit bring forth flaming fire in our hearts and in our minds that would burn as we hear about the Lord Jesus Christ and what He asks us to do while we're in this world. We thank Thee for a risen Savior, and we know that He didn't rise on an Easter Sunday morning in any generation. We thank Thee that He rose while it was yet dark and came out of that tomb and the women seeking His body to anoint it early in the morning while it was yet dark found the tomb empty. We're thankful that the power of that resurrection had such residual power that it opened the tombs in local cemeteries in Jerusalem and saints came forth and entered the city of Jerusalem. And we thank Thee that there's enough residual power in Thee that You have raised us from our death in trespasses and sins and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We thank Thee for the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit so that we are not only born of flesh this day, we are also born of the Spirit and that equal to the sovereignty of the wind itself which blows where it listeth. Heavenly Father, O Lord, let us use our regenerated lives to worship Thee acceptably this day And to go out of this place armed, educated, informed, exhorted, instructed, warned and rebuked to live like we should. We thank thee for every good thing that you in great mercy and faithfulness bestow upon us daily. We're thankful for our nation and we pray that you will preserve it. We're thankful for your churches scattered throughout the earth and we pray that you will preserve them. We're thankful for the ministers that you have raised up. And we pray that you will raise up yet more. Heavenly Father, be with us now. Open our hearts, enlarge them toward thee, and open our lips that we might praise thee and that we might pray and that we might preach 
and that we might converse in a way that brings honor and glory to him who loved us and gave himself for us, the Lord Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, in whom you are well pleased, we do pray. Amen.